are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, people, next episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys along with Joe Shasky, it's Mark Willard uh, coming at you on the off day prior to the Giants uh, doing the uh, the Detroit two-step. So 60-61 and 61 after grinding out one of three in Colorado. And, Joe, I said it on the way into this series. I'm going to say it again on the way out. It's time for Brandon Bell to sit down. And this is not for punishment. This is because I believe in all sports there's a line that needs to be ridden, and that is we love it if you want to grind it out. We love it if you want to play hurt. We love it if you want to give it the old college try. Um, But in order to do that, that lesser version of you still needs to be better than who would replace you. And in this case, it's obviously not. After the bunt escapades late last week, um, then they went to Colorado. And to me, I was surprised to not find out he was going to be on the IL as of Friday. Instead, he played two of the three games and went 0 for 8 with two strikeouts and could barely get to first base when he hit a ground ball. So that's all. He's not... He's not better than what his replacement would be, not even close. So to me, uh, I got you, Captain. You're hurt. You got to take a seat. For as bad as Joey Bart's first year has been, across the board, his numbers look better than Brandon Belt's, which is a wild sentence to say, right? For as bad as this year was for Joey Bart, that's how bad Brandon Belt's been. I think as you juxtapose that with Buster Posey and how perfect the send-off was, although for most of us felt like he left a little too soon, very few of our favorite athletes go out on top, go out because it's on their merit or on their choice or their decision this feels like one of those ugly endings. Like, Mark, I, I, there's no other way around it. I've been one of his biggest detractors, and even I feel a tremendous amount of empathy for him. He's trying to grind it out. He's hurting the team. I mean, he's just not a good ball player right now. When yeah. he's playing hurt like he is, and it sucks, the only way out is you need to literally save him from himself, and you need to take him off the list right now well, in terms of active it, players. It, it, it's funny because you and I have even had this conversation as of, uh, you know, toward the end of last year. I mean, Brandon Belt gets hurt. There are plenty of people who still think the Giants beat the Dodgers if Belt hadn't been hurt in the playoffs last year. His OPS was over 1,000 last year. I know he only played like 95, 97 games, whatever it was, but he was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. As of last year, I declared the Belt Wars over, over. And I still believe they are because what I mean by that is looking back on his career I believe the good outweighed the bad. Doesn't mean there wasn't bad. It just means the good outweighed the bad. But now you get a year like this, and it does to a degree kind of stir up, not the wars again, but sort of the way we look at his career as a whole. And it does feel like it's coming to a close. And I wonder if that is factoring in on this decision. If if Brandon Belt is sitting here going, look, I've got, because what do we got left here? About 40, 40 some odd games or so mm-hmm. uh, left in this in this season. If he's sitting here going, these are going to be my last games as a giant, or hell, my last games, period. I wonder if that's weighing in on his decision 
to shut it down because he wants to put something else on tape for a new team or if he just doesn't want to go out this way. I get that. But if we're going to keep buying that the Giants have a sliver of a chance at the playoffs, <laughs> you, you got to get out the way, man, because yeah. you just – you know, he can't do it right now. And he admitted that with the bun. Yeah. And, and not just that, just look how he's moving around, walking up to the plate. Look how he's moving around at first base. I mean, look, even the biggest belt detractor would admit the dude is an above average hitter and a great defender. Like, I, I don't think that's up for debate. He's a great defender, but his mobility to the left, to the right, it's just not there. There were three or four different plays, little tweener choppers over the last week where he's in no man's land. And I'm thinking he's not even going to get back and cover the base. He, he's not even in a position to be able to field the ball. And it's, he needs to be, if he's going to play DHing. but even then at the plate, his bat doesn't justify it right now. Here's the no. other part, Mark, like wh- whether you like him or don't like him, you're going to look up, and they've been in San Francisco since 1958. He's a top five first baseman in the oh, 65 yeah. or so years, no matter how you break it down. You want to do the metrics. You want to do the championships. You want to do individual success, team accolades. Like, he's going to be in almost everyone's top five. No, he's not Willie McCovey. All right? He's not Orlando Cepeda. And for a lot of people, he's not going to be Will Clark. But I think for a younger generation, he's their version of a Will Clark in the sense that he manned that position for over a decade during the winningest time since they've moved to San Francisco. He gets credit for that. Absolutely. And he's never beloved like a Will Clark. There's no doubt. I mean, that was my heyday uh, coming up. That was my favorite player as a kid. This never felt like that, but I'm with you. Dave Fleming said something to you on your show today that caught my ear, even though it was just kind of a one-off innocuous sentence. But you guys were talking about it, and he goes, look, Brandon Belt's been a great giant. And, and it was the same sentence I used last week. It set Dibley off. It, it turned into an entire discussion. I could not find one caller or texter to agree with me that he's been a, quote, great giant. Everyone's like, oh, he's a good giant. And, and I'm thinking, man, where, where does our bar go? Yeah. He's frustrated us many times. I get that. But he's got a 100 and 75 career home runs as a giant, an OPS north of 800, elite defense, as you've discussed, and two rings. Where on earth do we get the gall to say that this is just kind of like, eh, he's overrated? Um, It has not been perfect. It's been injury-riddled at times and therefore frustrating, but holding a position down for a decade and winning two championships – my gosh, I'm going to take that every decade of my life. Well, you referenced the two championships. Most people are going to instantly go his high water mark, the 18th inning home run against the Nationals. Glorious. I'm going to remember him for the World Series in 2014 when no one could hit. And he actually stepped up and batted north of 400. He was fantastic in that World Series. And they don't get a World Series, whether you want to talk about the 2012 one or the 2014 one, without Brandon Belt. He absolutely gets credit for that. He is a great giant. Was he overrated, underrated? We could scream till we're blue in the face at this point. I think a lot of people have cast the sins of the front office on Brandon Belt, their inability to land a free agent power hitter, a right-handed power bat that could sustain for a long time. People use that as an example to chastise Brandon Belt. He was miscast as a middle-of-the-order guy. For me, I wish they would have had a traditional four-hitter, and he would have been in that 6-7 role, and I think we look at his entire career differently. 
Yeah, it always comes. That's a great point because it always comes down to that. You know, if you want to talk about busts, disappointments, whatever, it's all through the lens of what were you hoping them to be and what were they asked to be? Mm-hmm. You know, like this is a famous NFL conversation through the years with Reggie Bush. Was Reggie Bush a bust? I don't know. If you take him 10 picks later, you're overwhelmed by how successful he was yes. as opposed to being the number two pick when we were told before the draft he was going to be Gail Sayers. So, you know, like it, that's a great way to look at Brandon Belt. All in all, um, a, a wildly successful career and probably the fourth best first baseman in the history of the franchise. Very decorated two rings. So I will defend the career of Brandon Belt anytime but I'm done defending right now, right now. And and again, this is not a rip job. I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to help. And he, he sees himself as the leader of this team. And it's been a wobbly season that is on life support. And he's trying to be there for his group and, or put something good on tape for free agent conversations next year. But the bottom line is, is two things happened over the last week. A, you did not perform mm. and then B you waved a white flag that mm. like to me, that bunt with two strikes, I'm not going to get so mad at the decision. I'm going to get upset because of the message that it sends, which remains unacknowledged at this hour. The message was, I can't get a hit off of you. I can't get a hit off of you. That and was the Zach Gallen, right. And yeah. Zach is a good pitcher, but you can't have, I can't in the middle of your order with two men on in the, in the seventh or eighth inning, you can't do that. So if you can't gotta go find someone who can. And what stinks is that it it coincided with rough leaving. And I know they're going to try JD Davis or maybe Lamont Wade or heck we might see Jock Peterson at some point, play a little bit of first base, but it coincided with their other guy who could be an option to spell him bouncing, you know, in a trade for four players. And so They've just got to try something different. I mean, they, they can't do this to the guy. The thing that I've become more empathetic with over the years is athlete X gets hurt and we ah, this bum can't stay healthy. You don't think he wants to stay healthy. You don't think this guy wants to keep playing the game that he loves. Like I've become much more, um, little heartfelt at least when it comes to these guys and seeing it through their prism. And I just, anybody, whatever you love to do the most, if your body starts to give up on you, I I get my, my barber, for example, he's getting up there. He's in his seventies. He's got arthritic hands. He can't cut hair anymore. He loves to cut hair. He cannot cut hair anymore. His body is giving out on him. That's sad. It's the same thing that's happening right now for Brandon belt. His body's giving out on him. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, he's turning 35 next year. Uh, You got the two rings. Um, you know, you've got, as we said, you've got a great career. Um, and, and, and certainly he's been, uh, handsomely paid for it. And so I don't think it needs to be one of those things, uh, where it's some sort of a slam job on the way out the door. I think Brandon Belt's giants career is just about up. And, um, and unfortunately, if, uh, if this is as healthy as he's going to be for the rest of the year, I think that you, I think you shelve him. And, uh, and if need be, you know, we'll see you on fan appreciation day to be activated for one day and, and get your standing O and, uh, put your captain hat back on at the end of the day. If that's the way it's got to go, that's the way it's got to go. But at least for another week or two, while there is some math that, that, that puts the giants in the playoffs, uh, you got, you got to get somebody over there who's ready to swing the bat. 
you, you owe it to the rest of the guys in that dugout. You owe yep. it to the entire front office. You, you owe it to all the fans. There's no doubt about it. And look, his day will come. Brandon Belt's going to get on that wall of fame. And he's put his 10 years of service in. He is a fan favorite for a large segment of the fans. Don't listen to just the vocal, you know, minority. Guys like myself who used to scream to the high heavens about him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. With Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. We come at you twice a week, and we hope that you will rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. All right, Brandon, not the only individual we wanted to talk about. We're coming off of what's being called the Evan Longoria game. Uh, unbelievable, unbelievable defense at third, a grand slam, and then a game ender. Almost felt bad for Lamont Wade. He, he had a seed of a throw, and everyone's talking about Longoria tagging someone. Uh, but it was dramatic. It was a great swipe tag, a great catch, and then the swirl and point over to the dugout uh, to say, review that thing. And by the way, quick aside, I'm never going to understand baseball replay. I think I bat about 30% with regard to whether I'm right or not in terms of I'm looking at replays. I'm going, well, I can sort of see what he's saying, but they're not overturning that. Yeah. And by the time it comes out of my mouth, they're like, the call has been overturned and the giants win the game. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what these camera angles are that they've got in New York, but anyway, great Longoria game. And it has us thinking about his giants life and career as well, which is fascinating because Flem called him a borderline hall of famer and he has been a great player in baseball, but Giants fans never really got that version of Evan Longoria. No, I mean, he spent 10 years in Tampa Bay, hit over 250 home runs. I mean, just pause for a second. Yep. 10 years, 250 home runs. That's a lot. I mean, that that is, you're talking about Brandon Belt and what he did in his career. This guy's got 70, 80 more home runs in, in, in a smaller amount of time. Um, and so... Yeah, he was a great player. Gold Glover, multiple times. The greatest Tampa Bay Ray. Say it out loud. It's kind of a crazy statement because they're a newer organization. But that's what he was, a 270 hitter. I mean, this is a guy who was a prominent 3-4-5 hitter in the American League East for a decade. The Giants make a trade for him. It was a bold trade at the time. And it just feels like when he's played, he's been really good. Yes, he's had streaks where he hasn't been hot, but he's been really good. He's just been hurt so much. It stinks like it legitimately stinks. But this is what happens when you buy years 30 through 35 on a player. And I think we just have to caution ourselves as Giants fans. I know what Bonds did. I know what the steroid era did during that during that time. Guys don't get better once they flip to 31, 32, 33 years old. And I'm just it's. It's a great recalibration as we're going gaga over Aaron Judge, which we all want, right? Like, but what are the middle to the back end of that contract gonna look like? I'm yeah. not that I wouldn't want that guy. I'm just saying there's a reality to this that older guys get hurt more often. That's a great, great point. And I think a conversation that is happening in the Giants front office and others as well. Evan Longoria's had his moments as a giant. And in fact, I wonder if people would realize that, like, his career OPS, his career OPS, yeah. which is north of 800. Phenomenal. He has had above average seasons as far as OPS, both this year and last year. I know. The last two years of his career. So when he is in there, uh, he is a stabilizer. He is productive. Um, he's a very, very good player, uh, even though I think uh, maybe we're at 328 now for career home runs. Only 67 of them have come in a five-year period with the San Francisco Giants. 120 home run campaign um, for uh, for Longo. Um, 
But all of that said, Longoria is also item A in why the previous regime was fired. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if everybody realizes that. He is item A. When they sat down and relieved Bobby Evans of his duties, like the number one thing was that Longo contract. And it wasn't that you made a horrible trade and gave something up that became great. You didn't. No. The biggest name that you were giving up was Christian Arroyo. He's turned into nothing. Nothing. So it's not even that they gave something up. They take on a huge contract. They do not get return on that investment in terms of numbers. And that is considered something that is hung on the backs of an organization for five years. So when you're looking at a front office and saying, give us a star, give us a star, you've got money to spend. I'll agree. You need to spend. I've already been on record saying that, but you also have to be very careful because the way they look at this is when you make mistakes in that arena, that's how you get fired in baseball. It's what happened to John Daniels last week with mm -hmm. the Texas Rangers. You have to be very, very careful because what fans ask for, they get, and then they rip you for giving them exactly what they want. That's the normal cycle when it comes to big contracts in baseball. And I think the majority of people applauded the Longoria acquisition. I was one of the few. I remember I was on air. Me and Bonte argued. He loved the selection. Oh, give me Longo. And I was just leery. He had been hurt the year prior. You could see the numbers were starting to dip. And, and it's similar to Chris Bryant. All the telltale signs were there for you to be like, I don't know about this, you know, and the Giants swung big. And it's not just that they acquired someone who got hurt because, again, when he played, he's been good defensively. Look, I think Pablo was an underrated third baseman. Defensively, Longo's better. Longo yep. is a very, very good defensive third baseman. And when he's not been there, you really notice. It. But the area that really has limited them is the wiggle room financially in free agency because they've locked in certain things and it's really limited what they can do. And so you have this frozen spending spree because you've locked yourself into a $25 million a year player. Now, at the time when we got oh, 25 million five years from now, guys, it's not going to mean anything. I mean, we're still talking about how anchorish this contract is. And so. Again, I'm not saying that you can't be gun shy. I understand. I'm saying you just have to be discerning because these are the kinds of contracts that they have to avoid right now when they have no money on the books. Well, I will hold the, uh, you know, to, to a degree, the Giants fan feet to the fire uh, after whatever happens this offseason happens if the Giants go spend. If they go star hunting, if they go on a shopping spree, then I'm sorry, the majority of fans out there you don't get to rip them in eight years if, if, if the back end of these contracts looks bad. So there's that. I don't know if it'll matter. Will the front office still be intact in eight years? Will anybody remember the receipts? I, I, I have no idea. Here's the flip side to all of it, though. And then I want to ask you a question yeah. about Longo because, yeah, the contract was bad, but it hasn't been preventative anymore because no. of all the other things that have come off of the books. They basically cleared the books across the board buster posey came off brandon belt finished recalibrated as a short-term deal brandon crawford expired recalibrated as a moderately short-term deal two years rodon is in he's gonna opt out like the giants payroll as it stands right now if they lose rodon and they don't pick up longo's option is only going to be 65 million dollars next year that's the pirates so they're gonna have a truckload of money mm -hmm. to spend 
And by the way, that's true even if they do pick up Longo's option. So, would you? I probably would, quite honestly, just because really? you don't have any, you don't have anything in in the in the minor leagues right now. If I had some play, players that could play third base, look, we've seen what's the guy VR and all these. None of those guys are everyday players, and I don't even know if Longo is at this point. But I know this: he's a major leaguer. Even in his diminished, injured state, he's a major league player. He's a plus defender, and I think he's streaky. But I think he's a plus um, ball player. I really do. I actually probably would, especially if I gauged the market mark and I knew I probably wasn't going to be able to get one of these other shortstops and Crawford's going to have to play shortstop again next year. As much as it would pain me, I, I would understand it. I really would. I know that sounds crazy. Well, I mean, the number is not necessarily that crazy. When you look at what the Giants would have to pay for Evan Longoria next year. I mean, I don't know if people realize this, but some of the money throughout has been picked up by the Rays. Mm -hmm. um, a, a higher number of it would be picked up by the Rays uh, if they were to sign on to his deal next year. $14.5 million would be the responsibility of the Giants. Not crazy. No. Not crazy, especially because now the left side of your infield kind of has one-year placeholders, which gives Luciano one more year. Uh, I know that would make people roll their eyes with the idea of Crawford and Longo over there for yet another year. I, I'll just say this. I'm open to it. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't say yes yet, but I'm open <laughs> to it depending on what you're doing with the rest of your yes. diamond. Yes. Right? Because what positions right now do we know for next year? You know catcher? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think we mostly know shortstop. Yeah. Right. And second base, maybe. I don't even I, know. Okay, yeah. You want to give Tyro. I, I don't the, even the, the know. Lion's share at second base. And technically Listella is under contract. Yeah. So let's say I'll take second base off the play, except for, you know, Trey Turner's out there. Yeah. You yeah, can yeah. make a move. But so at most catcher short yeah. second, that's it. I know. That's and it. And there's so, not a lot of third basemen. Yeah, good point. So uh, depending on what you do to fill out the rest of those positions, it's not the worst thing that they could do yeah. at third base. You know, as I like, I'm kind of sitting here and I'm, I'm reminiscing about the Longoria years with the Giants. He does have a classic Sabian. God, I wish I could have got you two or three years earlier. Like I really do. I think yep. had they acquired him two or three years earlier, uh, it would have been just Posey's middle of his career. I think would have been a little different. I think Longo's tenure with the Giants is a little different. Like, we did this with Steve Finley and Marquise Chris, and there's so many older guys that Sabian would bring in toward the end. But this is one of those ones just a couple years earlier. I feel like the whole thing plays out different. It's just a wild thought, though, because the whole idea is you bring in Farhan to 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 get financial flexibility and move <laughs> through these contracts and reboot the farm system and, and be real. ready when these contracts are done. And here they are, and the contract is done. And you're going to sign on for another, like you're going to pick up an option. I know. I, if you had asked Farhan oh, three man. years ago about Longo, he would have told you right now, I will Sharpie that we're not picking up that option when it's all said and done. But now here we are now. And, uh, you know, you probably would have said the same thing about Crawford and Belt at the time. 
and uh, and, and and they brought both of them back too. Yeah. So well, it'd be and interesting it, to see the way that goes. Last year he was humming, and then he hurts the shoulder, and then he's yeah. out for weeks upon weeks, and it just set him back. And it feels like this year he's had stretches where he's looked great, and then he goes on the IL, and it's just like. Ah, it's just been so frustrating. It's a very incomplete saga with the Giants. Yeah, no, no doubt. Garlic fries and baseball, guys. That's Joe Shasky. I'm Mark Willard. Two episodes a week. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any. All right, let's look at the math uh, before we uh, before we hop out of here. Um, I'm going to give you two reasons why this number's on my mind. Reason number one is I think it's the minimum that that gives them a shot at the playoffs. Uh, reason number two is I do think it might've been the Vegas over under at the beginning of the year. And yes, I have a couple of side bets with friends for this number. So I'm also personally motivated. Um, if the giants can get to 85 wins, they need to go 25 and 16, the rest of the way that in and of itself sounds really hard, especially when you know that there's a lot of Dodgers and a lot of Phillies and a lot of Padres and a lot of all that is still coming on uh, on the schedule. So 25 and 16 already sounds hard enough. Yeah. Um, but if they were able to do that and two of the three wild card teams they're chasing from the Padres, Phillies, and Brewers, if two of the three kind of play a little bit below 500 during that stretch, this is still um, a possibility. But based on everything we know, how, how you feeling about math like that right now? <sighs> It's so hard to predict this team. They were on, well, well, fire is a relative term. They felt like they were on fire during the five-game win streak, and then they lose that game, and then it's just like the whole head got kicked in, and then they go on a four-game skid, and yesterday was nice. I thought for sure they were going to lose that game against the Colorado Rockies in extra innings. It's so hard for me to predict anything with this team. I expect Rodon and Webb at minimum one win every time those two come around the rotation, at minimum. Oh. And Right, right. One and a half. I'm gonna say right? one and a half. Well, they got zero this week, you know, and like that's that was a death blow, and and I was hoping that they could rebound and, and finish the Diamondback series properly, and they didn't, and I think that that really sent them into a little whirlwind. Is it plausible? Of course, it's plausible. Is it likely? Boy, the hardest part is me envisioning one other guy in this bullpen stepping up and just being decent. Like, forget reliable, decent. Yesterday, Sam Young gives up runs. Well, he didn't give up the lead. I guess that's a step in the right direction. That's how low the bar is right now. I mean, yeah. Mark, yeah. I, I, I guess know. the other, the, the, if we spotlight yesterday, um, you know, if that had not been in the context of all this poor bullpen performance, we would have brought, we would have blown it off as a Colorado game. Yes. Like, you lose a 6-2 lead in the 8th. You lose an 8-6 lead in the 10th. We're used to this. There's two to three games like that per year in Colorado, yes. and, yeah. and you won. So normally you'd be like, great. Uh, but in this context, I don't like it because Colorado's sitting there going for a sweep, and it's the same thing I told you last week when people were like, five-game win streak, and I'm like, eh. Uh, like, yes, fun, but no – I want to see a win streak that that shows that their problem has been fixed, not just you have more runs than the other team. And within those five games, you needed two walk-off home runs. And the only time you had a big lead 
you know, you, you coughed it up with your bullpen. So I'm like, no, the bullpen is still not pitching well. And so this is not going to go well until they do. And so what have they done then with the next five games? They lose four of them and they win one of them where the hitters made up for consistent, bad bullpen performance. So you're right. Like this is, it, it really is that simple. Harlan Garcia has got to pitch better and more consistent. Leon's got to hit the strike zone more. Brebia has to continue to be the best version of himself. They've got to hide Tyler Rogers or something. I don't know. But right now, um, my optimism has nothing to do with math, nothing to do with what the Giants should be in my mind. It has everything to do with I will believe in all possibilities as soon as I see relievers pitching better. And, and to this point, we haven't seen that. Well, and the, the big takeaways for me, finally, they get some timely hitting and execution. Finally, we see a great relay throw by, by Lamont Wade. And again, another great start by Jacob Junis, but it's overshadowed because of some of these other issues coming out of the bullpen. So I'm with you on a lot of these things. Although I, I got to say, oh my goodness, did you see the play where the ball went through the glove? Yes. I have been playing ball and watching ball my whole life. I am a Wilson A2000 aficionado. In fact, I have one. I don't know where it is. It's somewhere in this room right now. I have never seen that in my entire life. And I'm saying, that's an omen. We have to win this game. And then when they blew it, I said, oh, no, it's an omen in the other direction. We're going to lose this game. But have you ever seen that before, Mark? You've never, no, nah, I don't know if I've ever seen it at the big league level, and I've definitely never seen it in between the fingers. That's what I meant. In the web, yes. That, like, I had that yes. happen to me in Little League in the <laughs> web. I definitely had that happen to me uh, I, where the ball went right through, and you're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Uh, but no, I've never seen it, certainly not at the big league level, through uh, through the fingers. I uh, Even though it was uh, a giant opponent, I felt bad for the guy. It was unbelievable. But anyway, the point being is I'm watching this Giants team and I'm like, all right, situational hitting They're They're getting runners over now quietly. Well, not so quietly. Mike Yastrzemski just feels like he is yeah. in the ocean, in the deep water. And the guy needs not more than a life vest. He needs a helicopter. I mean, he needs an entire USS Hornet to come save him and pick him out of the deep end. I don't know what you do with him moving forward. I feel like he's another guy that might just have to sit. Well, not only that, uh, here's the other side to that conversation. And again, it's based on how much you feel like the Giants are still playing for this year, which is now, now you've got 40 game auditions. Yeah. Right? Like what does Longo do the rest of the way? That's a big piece of this. Yaz. I mean, I hate to even, I mean, I love Yaz, but this is not a contract. Like he's still an arbitration guy. The, the, the Giants, this is not – they don't have to have him on the team next year. No. Uh, Lamont Wade has not been able to get his batting average up to 200. You don't have to have him on the team next year. Um, some of these guys have solidified positions. I'm sure Austin Slater is going to be on this team next year. Uh, Joey Bart's going to be on the team next year. Brandon Crawford, Tommy LaStella, Webb, Cobb. These guys are all going to be on the team next year. And outside of that, I, I, I really – you know, Estrada – I have no idea beyond that. And, and and so it's it's audition time for everybody. And these are very important 40-some-odd games yeah. for Mike Yastrzemski because there was the first year and he popped. And since then, he's definitely been good enough, but he's never really consistently been that guy again. 
And so now over, you know, even last year where it was largely a 220 season, he had enough power. 20-something jacks. Yeah, he had enough power, so it made it okay. But if, if you lose that power like you have this year, uh, yeah, he, he's got some work to do to get himself on the roster next year. Off-balance swing, swinging at stuff in the dirt, and, you know, lunging at the first pitch. Like, he's just all out of sorts. I don't know what his approach is right now at the plate. And he, he's just somebody that I penciled in for the next couple of years, and I'm saying, mm, that was premature. Yeah. yeah, I might have to erase that one, you know, because it's the truth. He's he's played himself right off this team, and it just it stinks. So moving forward – if he is going to play, he's got to show a pulse. Like you just got, I got to see something from him. And then triple a as, as we, you know, near the September, and I know the call-ups aren't what they used to be. Right. My God, can we get, can we get one or two bullpen arms? Just one or two arms who can come up and just give me a little bit of promise. Last year it was Santos and Castro. You saw a little bit of them. You got a little promise. They put Castro, I believe on the playoff roster. I don't know who they're going to bring hey. up. Uh, why they haven't already? I don't. I just don't know what to make of it. Right? That. Yeah, you'd think by now they'd be doing that already anyway. Just try with, it. Right with the issues that are uh, that are going on in the bullpen. So yeah, I'm with you there. And by the way, while we're talking farm, just to give everybody a warm fuzzy on the way out the door, Marco Luciano activated from his injury, and the next night, grand slam. So. While everyone's kind of down on the farm year, I want to remind everyone the only th- bad thing that happened to Luciano was an injury. There's nothing, nothing in terms of poor performance. So um, that was that was awesome to see because I want that guy back on the fastest track possible. Yeah, and God, I know they're not going to. I would love to get a September Harrison start. Just a little... Yeah. Just a little. Here's a start. Go as long as you can go, whether it's two innings, five innings. I would just love to get him in front of the home crowd this offseason uh, or excuse me, before this offseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. All right. We'll be uh, back with you midweek uh, as the Giants have two in Detroit. We'll be with you after that for Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. Make sure you are subscribed to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. <laughs>